Oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I'm glad I have a God I can go to tonight. The prophet of the Lord was having a showdown with the prophets of Baal. He told them, he said, look, you boys do whatever you're going to do. Call on your God however you call on your God. But at the end of the day, the one that answers by fire, he's going to be God. The scripture said that they danced around. God didn't answer. They got frustrated. They finally started cutting their own flesh. Elisha looked at him and said, well, did your God take a nap? Read it for yourself. That's what he said. He said, perhaps your God needed some rest. Maybe, maybe your God has fallen asleep. But go ahead and do whatever you're going to do and see if you can wake him up. When they got finished dancing around and screaming and shouting, nothing happened. You know why? Because there's a lot of people that scream and shout, but God don't have anything to do with it. You can tell at the end of the day when the sacrifice is not laying there anymore because it's been consumed. And the valuable water that they brought and poured around the sacrifice and on the sacrifice and in the trench around the sacrifice was licked up. That's how they knew. That's how they knew. And he said, the God that answers, he is God. And he's, he's your God. He's everybody's God. If your God answers by fire, then he'll be my God. But if my God answers, then he's got to be the only God. Well, I feel like telling you tonight what I've been feeling in the Holy Ghost. And I mean this sincerely. If you want to call this a prophecy, then call it a prophecy. But I feel like we have come to an altar moment where there's getting ready to be a showdown of the prophets. God is about to expose every false way. God is about to expose every false voice. And at the same time, God is going to begin to elevate bold voices that will say, I'll stand here with you, and I'll let you do whatever you're going to do, because when you get finished calling on your God, we're going to call on our God. And the God that answers by fire, we're going to know. Well, I want to tell you tonight, church family, I believe he still answers by fire. And I believe we're getting ready to see him answer by fire. I believe it. Praise God. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, as you're turning there, I want to say how privileged we are tonight to have all of our guests here with us. We are beyond honored that you would join us in the house of the Lord. You are so special to us. We've been praying for you. We may not even know your name, but we've been praying for you that God would send hungry souls into this house. There is, a, there is a tactic. I actually heard a politician the other day uh, on the Internet. I was streaming, scrolling through, and this politician, if I named the name of this person, you'd know who they were. They, they came on and they said, yes, it's a tactic that we use. He said, we have something that we want to get done, so we slander and slice and whatever we have to do as a diversion to keep people distracted 
from what we're really trying to do. So help me God, it came out of this person's mouth. And the enemy likes to use the same thing to distract us, make us think that all is crazy in the world and that it's all falling apart. But I want to tell you all something. In the middle of all the chaos that's been going on in the world, we have a God that still knows how to speak order. Prodigals are coming home. Sinners are being set free every single day. The waters of baptism are being troubled. God's troubling the waters of people's hearts. There may be somebody watching online tonight that the Holy Ghost is dealing with. Wouldn't it be wonderful if tonight while we're in this house, God would fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Don't you believe every headline you read? Don't you believe every lie the devil tells you? The goodness of the Lord cannot be stopped. Revival cannot be stopped. It's happening. Jeremiah chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. I would like to begin at verse number 4, if we could, very quickly. Jeremiah 1 and 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That ought to bother somebody. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you think it mattered that that fetus had life? I think it did. He said, before I formed you in the womb, you were ordained. But then Jeremiah said, Lord God... I can't, I can't do this. I can't speak. I can't be a prophet. I'm a child. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now, this is the calling of the prophet. This is the Lord speaking to him as a child. Why did God speak to Jeremiah as a child? Because I think sometimes when we get old enough to reason in our own mind, we reason out some of the things that God wants us to do. And so the Lord told him before he got too intelligent to be used of God, get ready. My hand is on you. Now, verse 17 this is our verse for this week, our focus 52. Let's read it together. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city. I don't even have to preach this really. I have made thee a defensed city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee. But they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee saith the Lord to deliver thee. 
If I could preach this sermon in about 30 seconds, and I know some of you are saying, well, Pastor, if you could do that, why don't you just go ahead and get started? But if I could preach this sermon in about 30 seconds, here, here's what it is. The Lord said, I've anointed you for this season. Jeremiah said, I can't do it. The Lord said, you will do it. And the Lord said, you do your part, and I'll do my part. When we as the body of Christ realize that God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. But what we cannot do for ourselves, God will always do. Does anybody believe that tonight? Lord bless you. You may be seated. For five decades... The ministry of the weeping prophet spanned in the earth. Nearly 50 years, just over. Jeremiah was one of the most unliked in the mind of the sinner, in the mind of the spiritual one that had justified everything they were doing. He was hated and despised because... There is always, has always been and always will be whenever there is anointing on people. There has always been an anti-authority spirit in the earth. Now, in the New Testament, we have identified through the writings of John this spirit in the earth that now worketh as anti-Christ. But before Messiah came, before Jesus Christ came, the spirit was working in the earth, but it was not identified as of yet as antichrist because he had not yet come. It is an anti-authority spirit that pushes back against the word of God and the laws of God. It will push back against the man of God. It pushes back against anointing. I was reading just a few weeks ago in weekly Torah reading concerning Korah and his ideas on how authority should have been in Israel and how that he really felt like Moses and Aaron took a little too much on themselves and had a little bit too much power. I started taking note of some things about that spirit and I'm not here tonight to cast any darts but I just want you to notice it's all throughout the scripture and here's, here's how it happened. The Lord said, okay then, Korah, for you and for everybody that wants to hang out with your spirit, for everybody that wants to identify with you, I'm going to open up the earth. I'm going to swallow you up. This was a very powerful picture. You and I were made from the dust of the earth. To the dust of the earth we shall return. Korah being swallowed up by the earth is very much in my eyes and my opinion symbolic of being swallowed up by flesh. It is very much that Korah was swallowed up by the very thing that he was created out of. There is a worldly vein that's working in the earth of anti-authority. 
And you can always guarantee when that voice starts crying out against the man of God, the prophet of God, the word of God, against holiness and righteousness in the end time, we've got a preview to it. Paul warned Timothy it was coming. He said it was going to happen, that men were going to call good evil and evil good. It's going to happen. But understand me when I tell you that these people are completely ate up and swallowed up with their flesh. And the Lord did not call Jeremiah to wander around and cast judgment on the people and take care of God's business, doing what only God could do. God called Jeremiah to wander in the earth and to speak the word of the Lord to the people, to do what only Jeremiah could do, to speak the word of the Lord. You do know that God himself could have sounded from the heavens like a trumpet and had told the people of the pending judgment that was on them, but God chose a man. Do you know how God is going to give us this most powerful end-time revival that we've been preaching about and believing for a lifetime? There are still some people here that believe we have not seen our greatest revival yet, surely. Do you know how God is going to give us this revival and this harvest and this end-time outpouring? Do you know how it's going to happen? He could just open up his mouth from the balcony of heaven and speak a word, but God said, I'm going to raise up some men. I'm going to raise up some women. I'm going to put it on the shoulders of humanity. I'm going to put the weight on some humanity that walks around in the earth and says, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I'm but a child. And the Lord is responding to us right now saying, quit telling me what it is that you lack. Quit telling me why it is that you cannot be used. And just know that I did not call you because you had everything in you that you needed. I called you because I knew that you would be willing and if you'll do what I've told you to do I'll put everything on you and in you that you need what I need from you Jeremiah is a voice what I need from you Jeremiah is some tears I need a prophet that'll prophesy and then will water the seed of that prophecy with his tears I'm telling you it's easy to stand up and to declare the word of the Lord but we need some prophetic anointing in this hour of some people that don't just want to preach it but they want to pray it through until it happens we need some prophetic voices that will declare the word of the Lord and then find a prayer closet and weep over that prophetic word until it comes to pass. I'm reminded of the sound of the abundance of rain and all of a sudden People started questioning how you could hear the sound of an abundance of rain after three and a half years of drought. And so he told the king, Ahab, he said, hey, listen, you better get ready because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And then the prophet looked at his servant. He said, go look over the sea and come back and tell me what you see. Now listen, I'm going to draw a picture for you here right now. This is absolutely a picture of uh, modern Christianity. Somebody that will stand up and declare the word of the Lord and then send somebody else to go look. But listen, don't leave me right here. Here's what I want you to know. It was never in the mind of that prophet for him to send the servant just so he didn't have to go. I want you to notice the posture of the prophet. When the word comes forth, he said, this is what I've been hearing. But I need somebody that's willing to go see if they can begin to see what I've been hearing. I need somebody that will get their vision lined up with what I've been hearing in the Holy Ghost. 
And so while the servant goes, and then he goes again seven times, you did not find the prophet sitting down on his uh, porch swing on the top of the mountain twiddling his thumbs, saying, where in the world is he and when is he coming back? You didn't find that prophet sitting up there relaxing and saying, all right, God, I did my part. I spoke the word and now it's going to happen. No, sir. You find that the old prophet, when he sent the servant, that the prophet sat down on the ground and he buried his head between his knees. That right there, my friends, is the birthing position. It was the Hebrew birth. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to contain myself on Wednesday night. That old prophet of the Lord said, I'm going to sit down right here on the top of this mountain and I'm going to put my head between my knees and I'm going to push and I'm going to push. I'm going to push until the word of God that has been spoken comes to pass and has been birthed. We've been hearing about it for years and years, the revival that's coming. But I believe right now that God is posturing specifically FPC. God is posturing us. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on this Wednesday night. God is posturing us right now, church. You may not realize what I'm telling you, but over the last two weeks, this church has positioned yourself in a birthing position that for 24 hours every single day we are pushing back the darkness we are literally bringing to pass and calling forth every prophecy that has been whoa that has been spoken over this church. I thank God for every word that's been spoken. I thank God for every aisle that's been ran. I thank God for every evangelist that has spoken to us. But can I declare to you right now, we don't need another prophet to prophesy. We don't need anybody else to impart right now. We need some saints of God that'll lock yourself in at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. Get down in the birthing position and say, Lord, we're going to push and we're not going to stop pushing. I don't care if we got to go again seven more times. I don't care what it takes or how long we got to go. I'm going to push until revival comes. Pastor, aren't you worried you're going to wear out the saints? You know, it's kind of interesting you'd bring that up. I appreciate it. Do you know that the spirit of the age, look in your Bible. Don't take my word for it. Look in your Bible. It said that Lucifer, the accuser of the brethren, is going to do his best in the end time to wear out the saints. So I want you to pick what you're going to wear yourself out with. You don't need about 10 minutes of Fox News or CNN to just be war slap out. You know, it'd be good for some of us during this 24-hour prayer chain just sign out of Facebook and leave it off for a few days. Can I tell you all what's coming? Maybe I shouldn't, but I really don't, I really don't care who's listening or what they think about the body of Christ when... We know who wins in the end time. Their satanic agenda, their darkness. You know what? 
truth is being hidden right now. It's really being hidden. And the enemy's doing everything he can to hide it, to block people from seeing it. I want to tell you what's coming. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And I don't want this to sound like it's gloom and doom. But what we're seeing every single day right now, Brother Tony, is that the Internet is by far more regulated than people thought it was. I mean, it's extremely regulated. It's amazing to me that we've had a secret, supposed secret. People say they didn't know what's going on. The sex trafficking and pedophilia and child pornography and all kinds of stuff. And they say, we don't know where it's at. We can't find it. But you start putting truth out and they, they start taking it off immediately. Isn't it amazing? So, our nation and around the world, but specifically the United States, gets shut down. And our government starts telling our churches... We are highly recommending that every church that can just do your services online. Anybody know where I'm going yet? Have you ever been watching Facebook service church? Turn your volume all the way down to zero. And as soon as you go to zero where you can't hear it, in a matter of seconds, there's about a seven second delay normally on Facebook anyway. And YouTube from what we're, when we're going live. But immediately, if you go all the way to zero volume, you'll start seeing closed captioning pop up automatically at the bottom of your screen. What I'm preaching right now, you could turn it down to zero and start reading what I'm saying line after line. You know what that is? It's a transcription. They're transcribing every single word that we say. Oh, pastor, no. You listen to what I'm telling you. It's coming. And they're going to start trying to break it down in phases. They did a little trial run that people, people were trying to figure out this during our 53 days of separation here. I'm thankful for the people that have joined us online tonight. But listen, I'm going to tell you, if you get too comfortable with online church, you may not always be able to watch it. Because during the first couple weeks of everybody going online, they said that the plumbing, so to speak, of the internet could not handle all of the live services and everything everybody was trying to pump out. So people were losing pieces of their services. Oh, yeah, well, well, it's because it was just overwhelmed. Well, it may have been overwhelmed, but I'm telling you right now, they can turn that speed up and down and neck that bottle that however they want to. With the fiber optics that are buried in the ground right now between here and Chicago, there's, we could, there's no way to overpower it. You can't overpower the fiber optics that we've got right now. You just think high-speed Internet is fast. You ought to see how fast the Internet is that the government has. We've never seen anything touch it. But all that's with the same kind of infrastructure. So here's what's going to happen. is We're going to get to the place where... Every flu season, every sick season, which is weird to me. Isn't it weird we have a flu season? Is that weird? It's like they know when we're going to all get the flu every year. And so when the flu season happens, they're going to say, listen, 
you guys responded during COVID. And you flattened the curve. So we think churches ought to be shut down during flu season. And you can go back online and just be online only. How long do you think that's going to last? With the spirit of the Antichrist in the world. Crying out against the men of God and the voice of God and the word of God. How long do you think it's going to last that our churches be online powerhouses? How long do we really think it's going to last that you get online? Listen, all they've got to do is pass one bit of legislation that says if the Supreme Court passed it and says they can get married and then you cry out against homosexual marriage, you have just broke the law. People don't, people don't think we can get stripped of that stuff because this is a good old land of the free and home of the brave. But I just want to tell you right now, whether we do it online or we do it with our cameras shut off, we're going to preach against sin. I'm not going to let some regulated online, I don't care if it's Facebook or YouTube or what, it don't matter to me if we got to start handing out DVDs to all of our shut-ins. And they'll be a week behind on service. But I'm telling you right now, we will not collapse under the agenda of the satanic forces and every spirit of the Antichrist. Listen, I'm not taking the dope pill to believe everything that everybody says, okay? But I think we need to wake up and understand that there is more truth out there than the world wants us to see. It's there, it's happening. But unless we can be, be controlled by a spirit of fear, their job is a whole lot harder to get us to buy into the spirit of the Antichrist. There's a race right now for a vaccine for COVID. I'm not preaching against vaccines. I'm just saying there's a race. I have medical professionals that I trust highly. I speak to them often. And a couple weeks ago when my family and I were sick, I consulted with them. I trust them. I thank God for them. I believe in them. Some of them. Very, very few of them. But the Holy Ghost filled ones. Amen. Right now, there's a race. The first, the first person, supposedly the first company that comes up with the vaccine for COVID-19 because it's the most deadly disease that we've ever seen. But if you wait five more days, then you can start wearing a mask. It's the most deadly disease that we've ever seen. But this vaccine, whoever gets the patent on the vaccine and gets the vaccine... What was the number, Bishop? I don't want to mislead anybody. It was, I think that, that sounds right. $750 billion contract to get the vaccine started. People like Bill Gates are behind the scenes pushing, saying we're going to get 7.4 billion people to take the vaccine. But just so that we know they've got it. We're going to be sure to get a microchip in that all, all it does is just lets us know that you've had the vaccine. That's all it does. It doesn't track anything else. It doesn't trace anything else. 
what, what, what's, it, what's it for then? Well, it's so you can get in and out of events. Well, do you think it'll ever be so I can get in and out of the grocery store? You know, all these crazy old preachers that used to preach when I was growing up, I'm talking about just absurd, just old nutcases saying, Jesus is coming, get ready. Boy, people looked at them, said, them old preachers are nuts, they're, they're just old conspiracy theorists. Well, guess what? It ain't a theory anymore. It's here, folks. And if this isn't enough to move us to a prayer closet, what in the world is it going to take? For over five decades, Jeremiah prophesied and he wept. Go read it. He was beat down. It's no wonder they called him the weeping prophet. The man was beaten, nearly killed. And all he did was speak the word of God. That ain't going to happen in America, Pastor. Well, I sure hope it don't. But I'm absolutely no better than Simon Peter. Paul, Andrew, are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? We're still wrestling around with how much is too much and how much it costs us too much to be in the presence of God and to live a holy and separated life. We've got people around the globe right now that are at gunpoint literally today. They haven't done anything wrong but just declare the word of the Lord. I can say this to you, and I'm going to be really vague about this, okay? But there's a couple that's connected to this church that works in a foreign country. They come, they come in and out of here. You know who I'm talking about. They're a part of our church family. They sent some pictures to us the other day of a young pastor that had been converting some people in the religion of their nation. I can tell you that the gentleman in the back was a missionary to the same place at one time. They walked in to where that young man was, young pastor. Bishop and my mother have seen the pictures. It's not something I'd want you to see. They just walked in and started putting holes in him like Swiss cheese. What'd he do? He converted somebody. I am so sick of dogmatic preachers that all they want to do is get up and preach about heaven and hell. I'm so sick of these old, of these old crazy preachers. All they want to do is get up and preach against sin. That spirit has always been in the earth, folks. But the Lord told Jeremiah, he said, I've anointed you. I've put the word in you. He said, Lord, I can't do it. He said, don't tell me you can't do it. I put the anointing on you. He said, if you'll say what I told you to say, then I'll work for you. He starts getting a little trepidation. He said, well, Lord, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know about all this. And he said, listen, let me just give you a little word. Let me fast forward right here. He said, and they shall fight against thee. But they shall not prevail against thee. 1 and 19, for I am with thee, saith the Lord. I don't even have to preach that right there. Do you hear what I'm telling you? 
I'm not speaking all these things to you to put a spirit of fear in you. I'm telling you these things tonight so that you will not fear. I'm telling you these things tonight so you will not be afraid. Who else in the world beside the children of God have what we have in the word of God that's been telling us for 2,000 years this is coming? I've watched apostolic people collapse. Oh boy. I think I'm being critical right now. I'm not being critical. I'm telling you, I have watched Jesus' name apostolic people collapse in the last few months. Hung their harps up on the willows. God have mercy. Y'all, I, I don't know if anybody else feels what I feel in here right now. I'm talking about living scared to death for what we've waited for a lifetime. I was walking in here this week. I was just kind of praying like I'm talking to you right now. I was just praying. Sometimes I got to lay down. Sometimes I stand up. Sometimes I move around. Just whatever I'm feeling. I got to walking right, right down through here. There wasn't nobody in here. People, if they walked in here, they'd think I was nuts. I got to walking around in here praying. And I said, God, I'm so sick of the lies. I'm so sick. I'm so sick of the deception. I'm so... Oh, God, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of doctrine being lied on. I'm sick of you being lied on. I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm just sick. You know, I'm just going through it. I just felt the Holy Ghost say, what are you going to do about it then? I stopped in an empty room. Nobody else in here. Wasn't nobody in here. I just pointed up to heaven. I said, I will believe the report of the Lord. You ought to just try that and see what happens in your soul right now. Whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says I am free. His report says victory. His report says truth will triumph. Woo! come on every now and then you just gotta lift that report up to the Lord say Lord your report said that if I paid my tithe that you would open up the heavens and pour out a blessing and you would keep the devourer from my door. I believe the report of the Lord. Your report, Lord, said that you would stay the plague from me. I plead the blood over my body. I plead the blood over my mind. I plead the blood over my home. I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my kids. I plead the blood over this church. I plead the blood over these seats. I plead the blood over this campus. I plead the blood over every door. In the name of Jesus, I believe the report of the Lord. I feel something time to break out in here on a Wednesday night. (laughs) 
Lord, your report said that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear you. And we fear you tonight, God. And we're going to believe your report. I pray, oh God, that the invisible world would become our reality right now. And that every angel you have sent to this place in the name of Jesus would stand up, Father. Every angel that you have sent to minister to us on behalf of heaven's council, I pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that those angels would rise up and that reinforcements would be sent and we will believe the report of the Lord. <laughs> Go ahead, somebody ought to shout it out. I will believe the report of the Lord. Bishop, what's the report of the Lord telling you right now? Come on, give us the report of the Lord. He said you're more than just a conqueror. You're made to overcome. There's nothing in your way that can stand in your way. God's going to provide for you, the Bible said, a way of escape. Don't you worry. Don't you fret. You walk in the favor of God and see what God's going to do. Brother Stephen, come tell me, what's the report of the Lord saying right now? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. That means... That word standard, that means a banner. That means a flag that says when you're looking around and you don't know what to do, you can find the standard and say, that's where I'm going to run to. When everything around you looks like chaos, when everything around you looks like confusion, you can look at that banner and say, I know where my help comes from. I know that the Lord is on my side. I don't have to be afraid because he's raised up a standard. He's raised up a banner that says, come, it's safe over here. There's victory on this side. Hallelujah, Dr. Lang. Come here, Dr. Lang. I want you to tell me what the report of the Lord is saying right now. The Lord is a shield unto me. He is my glory. And he is the lifter up of my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Brother Horner, will you come tell me what the report of the Lord is saying? Come on, Elder. What's the report of the Lord saying? I feel it in the house. Amen. We are going to float when they sink. Amen. We're going to walk on solid ground when they're stuck in the mud. We're going to fly when they crash. Amen. And we're going to live forever when they suffer for eternity. I will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe the report of the Lord. Jeremiah, don't you get discouraged when they come against you and you weep for a while because they may fight against you, but they will not prevail against you. For I am with you, saith the Lord. I will deliver you. Ha <laughs> ha.
Because some of you are starting to feel it right now. Somebody ought to just get so sick of the intimidating spirits of darkness that you just quit letting that spirit of fear tell you what you're going to do. And you start telling that spirit of fear what it's going to do. And you start declaring it when you pray in this 24-hour prayer chain. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You just start declaring it. I will not fear the arrow that flies by day or the terror by night. For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. So you spirit of fear, I command you to be silent. I command you to escape me right now. But before you leave, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I command your voice to lose its power. You have no authority here. I believe the report of the Lord. 